0: This is Fair Issues on the Mormon Faircast. This week's article is entitled Keeping the Faith The Baha Model of Book of Mormon Geography by Michael R. Ash, read by Ned Scarsbrick. This and other articles by Michael Ash can be found at DeseretNews.com. This article was used by permission of the author and the Deseret News. In last week's installment, I discussed the Peruvian model for Book of Mormon geography this week. I'd like to briefly examine the Baja model. As far as I'm aware, this model is a novel theory that was first developed in 2008 by the father and son team of Dr. Lynn Rosenball and David Rosenball. Lynn is a retired professor of geography at the University of Calgary and is very well educated not only in historical geography, but also in human environment and world climates. While the Rosenwalds model certainly has some fans, I haven't found either the Baja or Peruvian models gathering wide support from the LDS member or scholarly community. Certainly nothing near the support that we find for the Great Lakes or Mesoamerican models. It's possible that this limited support may be due to the fact that few Latter-day Saints are familiar with these models. The Baha model has a general list of attractive features. It conforms to the Book of Mormon's requirement that the events took place in a limited geography. It matches the cardinal directions with north-pointing north. It has a narrow neck of land and an internal model that is reasonably consistent for most Book of Mormon features. Specific strengths for the Baha model include a climate, in the northern parts of the peninsula, that is very similar to that of the Mediterranean basin from which the Lehites would have derived. Another evidence in favor of the Baha model is the description of the land of Nephi and Zarahemla as nearly surrounded by water. Alma chapter 22, verse 32 and Nephi's comparison of their land to a Isle of the Sea, 2 Nephi 10, verse 20. In my opinion, the primary weakness of the model include a Sidon River that doesn't flow north, a dearth of archaeological and cultural support, and an external and internal map that is weak compared to some other maps. Like supporters of the Peruvian model, The Rosenwalds offer answers to criticisms of their model. I find their answers to be less persuasive, however, than those strengths I see in other models. Readers can follow the links in the Peruvian and Baja models and come to their own conclusion. As noted above, one of the weaknesses of the Baja model is the lack of archaeological support for civilizations during Book of Mormon periods in the lands that are suggested to encompass the Book of Mormon cities. While critics question if there is any archaeological support for the Book of Mormon anywhere in the New World, the topic of Book of Mormon archaeology in general will be dealt with in a future installment. The Rosenwald's answer to the lack of archaeological remains seems to be three-pronged. They argue that, one, Book of Mormon civilizations built humble homes and cities rather than elaborate structures that might have survived until modern times. 2. Because of wickedness, the Nephites and Lamanites were swept off the land by a destruction that may have left little archaeological remains. And 3. The Baja Peninsula has barely been touched by professional archaeological excavations. Of the three arguments, the last—the shortage of archaeological work that has been done in the Baja region—is, in my opinion, the strongest. As for the other two arguments, I offered these thoughts: the Nephites undoubtedly built humble homes and cities, but they also built a temple like unto Solomon. Second Nephi, chapter five, verse sixteen. They had, at the end of the history, a sizable population. Made buildings of cement, Helaman chapter three verses seven through eleven, and lived at times in walled cities, Mosiah chapter nine verse ten, and Alma, fifty-three verses four through five and sixty-two verses twenty through thirty-six. I am under no delusion that such textual clues necessarily force us to view the Nephite world like the cities of medieval Europe or even necessarily of the level of magnitude that we find in some parts of Mesoamerica, for which many of the more spectacular structures date outside the Book of Mormon timeline. I also believe that their temple would have not been anywhere near as monumental as Solomon's. From my interpretation of the text, however, it seems reasonable to assume that the Book of Mormon peoples would have left some archaeological evidence for their existence. This brings us to the Rosenwalds' second answer to the lack of archaeological remains. The destruction of the wicked may have swept the evidence away. While the Rosenballs agree that the coming of Christ would not have made major changes to the geographical landscape, they apparently believe that sometime after the end of the Book of Mormon, most of their archaeological evidence somehow disappeared. I personally find this argument unconvincing. While it is possible that some future archaeological excavations may result in exciting new evidences to support either the Baja or Peruvian models, based on what evidence is available today, I feel that both models are less impressive than other competing models. If you like this podcast... You can help promote it by subscribing to it on iTunes or by rating it and writing a review. Post a link on your blog and Facebook page and tell your friends about us. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Michael Ash is the author of the book Shaken Faith Syndrome, Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Both books are available for purchase online through the Fair Bookstore. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that of Fair Mormon.